stay there. You know what? I believe that every single person on this planet can make a difference. And I believe that we all have something to offer, something that's so unique that it will change somebody else's life. I believe we all deserve to step into our true selves. And I believe that every single person needs to feel great about themselves. I want you to step into who you truly are and I want you to make a difference for somebody else and for yourself. And I don't think it's that hard. It's a matter of putting one step in front of the other and just taking action. And I'm interviewing guests that have done just that. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where you can make that decision to make your life count. It all starts with you saying yes. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. You know, most of us live quite, um, what could I say, safe? I was going to say boring, but not boring, safe lives. Do you know, we we kind of think, oh, I'd love to raise money. I'd love to do good. I'd love to travel. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. Most of us don't actually do it out of fear. You know, there's always something that will hold us back. Well, today's guest, you're all going to love him, Jordan Wiley. He is amazing. He's he's an, uh, an extreme adventurer. He's a, a New York Times uh, best-selling author. He's got four amazing books. He's a TV personality, Guinness World Record holder. He raises so much money for charities, a TEDx speaker, former soldier. He's um, the United Kingdom ambassador for the Army Cadets. He is just He's an amazing person and he's come from the army and then he started doing, well, he started doing security actually and dealing with pirates. So that's a whole other story. And, and you you know, that that's so interesting in itself. But he then ended up doing a lot of extreme sports, extreme adventures uh, to raise money. And one of the great things he's done is raised over a million dollars, no, a million pounds uh, for charity and built a school at the uh, Horn of Africa. So this conversation is fantastic, and it's not just about all that kind of stuff. It, Jordan talks a lot about perspective and about growth mindset and just reframing and looking at things a lot differently. You're absolutely going to love this. I think he is bloody fantastic. He's way too humble to admit that, but um, you are going to love it. So let's go. Let's get into it. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much for having me. What a privilege. Oh, it's my privilege. You are <laughs> you are amazing. We were just saying before we started recording that um, it's so nice to be around other people that are doing positive things and spreading so much positive energy into the world and uh you know, I've been watching you and you, you're just amazing. I know, I know you don't do it for the praise and the credit, but you you're doing some great stuff. You know, for so many people, I, I really love that. Really love that. Uh, you, you, you're incredibly kind. I'm. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I agree with everything you say, but um, yeah, I, I appreciate your very kind words. And I, as you say, I think if we, if we all just try and add a bit of positive energy to the world, I think together we can we can do so much. And and, and I think also to especially the next generation, we need to try and show them that it's not all doom and gloom. You know, we need to to put that positive energy out there and show them that great things can happen if we, if we, if we work together with good people. Oh, I couldn't agree. I could not agree more. And I think it just doesn't <laughs> take much. It takes one. If every, if every person in the world did one little thing, you know, 
everything would change. We'd reach a tipping point for good and it would be fantastic. Yeah, I, I just don't know. There's, there's so, so much. You switch on the TV. I'm sure it's the same for you back yeah. back where you are over there. And and it just seems to be doom and gloom when you switch on a news channel these days. And I I, I, I try not to engage too much, uh, you know, on the on the on the media side because I, I I just want a positive life. I want to surround myself with good positive people. And and if if, if you don't bring positive energy, I'm not interested. I'm, I cut you off at source. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. going my way. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same. I block people. <laughs> I just don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. I haven't watched the news for probably oh, the twelve years. I reckon haven't. To, I don't even. We don't watch TV other than Netflix. We watch one one show every night, and at the moment we're watching Christmas movies, and it's bloody lovely. <laughs> ah, brilliant, brilliant. You can't yeah. go wrong with a Christmas movie. <laughs> no, because they're all the same. You. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they've all got happy endings. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Now, Jordan, you, I'm just going to read through some of this because I'm, I can't remember it, but you're you're an award-winning extreme adventurer. You're Sunday Times and New York Times best-selling author. You've got four, four books. You're a TV personality, a Guinness Book of Records holder, uh, a charity fundraiser, TEDx speaker, former soldier, United Kingdom national ambassador for army cadets and you are a hunter on the channel four series hunted tv series hunted so oh, i don't I even know where to start it has come to australia now as well i'm uh, uh, my friends one of my friends is on the there's an australian version that's just filming i think season two there on now but it, it did quite well last year in in australia actually uh, one of one oh. of my good friends on the show is is across there, so you have you have to check it out. I don't know what channel it's on in 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 your world, but it's it's good fun anyway. Yeah, well, so that might that's make my, me start watching TV again. Well, that, that's my plug for him. I promised him I, I'll give him a plug in Australia. Oh, I wish we knew what channel he was on. Oh, that's, who, no, we'll, what's his we'll What's his out. name? His name's Ben Owen. He's uh, he's he's the intelligence officer on uh, on the Australian Hunted. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Oh, and, and, and he's so... the only Brit. I, I think he's the only Brit on on the show. You know, in 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 amongst you, you, you Aussies, he's the only Brit, so he'll stand <laughs> out. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so all the Aussies will be giving him a bit of a ribbon. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I just think like you, there's so much, and the list that I just read out, that's not that's not all. And as we're going to start unpacking stuff, you know, see all the other things that you have got hidden under there. Like these things that I've read out, they're kind of like a, uh, they're kind of like the tip of the iceberg, and then underneath the iceberg, you're doing so many layers of things with with almost all of them. So, where, I want to know where it started. Like what? Um, I know you were a troubled youth. You know, you had a had a, uh, and that's a good. You're thing. playing that. You're playing that very lightly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got this theory that any any um kid that goes to school, any you you know, a teenager who really gets into trouble is probably going to end up doing fantastic things. You know, once they sort themselves out, and and then you went, you know, went off to be a soldier at sixteen, and somehow you got into extreme adventuring, um, including taking on pirates. <laughs> Jesus, I oh, love it. And so, and you're a best-selling author, and then you, get, you end up now you're doing charity, you know, and a lot of charity work through your extreme um, adventuring. Um, what were you like as a young boy? Were you, were you naughty? 
<laughs> I was very naughty. I was a little tear away. You know, I was always up to mischief and no good. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was, I, I say that I wasn't, you know, I, I, I was, I was somebody, I was like a lot of teenagers. I grew up in, um, you know, not, not that I grew up in a, in a, in a super deprived area, but I grew up in an area that a town that has a lot of challenges um, you know, whatever we lacked materialistically, we 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 certainly didn't lack in love from from my you know from our family yeah. and and friends and what have you. Um, but you know, we, we you know we a, a typical working class family. I brought up on a in, in quite a quite a rough area, I guess. But for me, it, it was just home. It's not you know people tell me it's rough. I didn't see it as as being rough. It's only go oh you lived in that area oh that's no good. You know it's only when when it's you it's just your home and it's what you know. So so I never really saw it like that. But I think you know when when you get to thirteen fourteen as a teenager wherever you are in the world there's a lot of distractions. You start to you know for me you you start to I, I found alcohol. I found girls. I found you know all sorts of other distractions yeah. um I love sport I I always loved sport and I, I wasn't that good at, at, at many things in school except for sport you know I just love to be kicking a football or on the athletics or cricket whatever it was it, 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 I was a I was a bit of an all-rounder on the sports field and I think probably the same in the military if you if you're half decent at a sport you seem to get through life you, yeah. you know it sort of carry it carries you through and um, you know, even as a soldier, when I went in the army, because I played football to a good level, I always got out of a lot of things and people go, oh, why, is, why is he not on today's, you know, exercise? Oh, he's off playing football again with the army or doing whatever he's doing. And, and it just used to sort of carry you through, I think. And because I wasn't, a, you know, just like I wasn't a great student, I was certainly not a great soldier either. But I thought what, what, what I lacked as a teenager or a youngster, certainly joining the army, beaten that out of me not in a physical way but in a you know when you go to uh, to conflict zones like Iraq or, or wherever yeah. you have to grow, you have to grow up quite quickly you know you have to you don't you know it's dare we say it's a life or death so you you you, you have to grow up quickly you have to mature and what I what I don't think I had as a teenager was probably those those values that that, that I come to learn and harness as a soldier things like courage things like respect for for myself for other people uh, loyalty uh, integrity discipline discipline especially I think I think as a teenager I lacked discipline probably but that was something that the army gave me and something that that I use in all aspects of my life today I think discipline is is a really underrated undervalued character trait i think yeah. it's 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 one of those 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 things that can really if you if you can live a very disciplined life you can accelerate your reaching your goals a lot quicker because i think when it comes to goals one of the one of the things that people lack often is consistency and they 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 often give up you know bef when they're actually probably not that far away from reaching wherever it is but yeah. because yeah. they haven't got the discipline to keep pushing away and and you know, because people talk to me a lot about motivation, and, and motivation's great, but actually, you know, we're humans, and I know we're slightly digressing here, but but we right. we yeah, we we I think as human beings, we're, we're not always going to be motivated. We don't always want to jump out of bed like the world's you know ready to take on every day. You know, I'm not someone who you know I I I, I try to keep quite fit, but I'm even though I'm an adventurer, I'm not someone who loves going to the gym. You know, I love sport. I love competitive sport, but I don't love going to lift some weights or running on a treadmill or whatever it might be. It doesn't float my boat. But but what I understand is I have the discipline to go and do the things that I don't want to do because I know that they're going to help me reach my goals and my objectives. So 
I think discipline for young people is a, and consistency is, is really important and something that, yeah, I did, I definitely didn't have that as a teenager. You know, I was, I was in trouble with the police and the law, not, not for, you know, I'm not a mass murderer. I'm not going on death yeah. row or anything, but, <laughs> but, but, but things that, 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 you know, you, you're getting up to no good, breaching the peace and drinking alcohol underage and, and whatever else, you know, upsetting the locals and be, being a menace to society, terrorizing, <laughs> the old, terrorizing the older members of my community and things, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, things that I, you know, I know we, we joke, but I'm not, I'm not proud of that. And that, I don't think that's good or cool. And they're the things that I, you know, I do a lot of work with, with cadets and young people in, in schools and things. And they're there. I try to share my lessons, I guess, because, you know, you think that that's really good and really cool, but then, they have a, a bigger impact when you've got a criminal record at 15, 16 years old. You know, that's going to affect the next five, 10 years of your life when you go for, for opportunities, yeah. for jobs or, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, you, you, you live and learn and, and, and life is... Life has taught me a lot and and I'm still learning every day. You know, even as an adult now, I, I, I get things wrong, I make mistakes. But what what I've also learned is is you can't you can't dwell on the past. You have yep. to take it and 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 take the lessons, take what you can learn from it, and then apply it to your future. And you will make mistakes, you will get things wrong. And one something else I've learned more so in recent years is you, you also have to own your mistakes as well. If you yep. get things wrong, you know, sometimes it can be it can be embarrassing. It can be tough. It can bring a lot of shame on you, but you have to hold your hand up and 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 take responsibility when you've made a mistake, whether it's good or bad or, or ugly or whatever it is. You, 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 the only way you're going to learn and move forward is by by taking full responsibility for what you've got wrong and done wrong. I think. Yeah. Did you have? Do you reckon you had as a little kid those kind of um, morals or characteristics sitting under the surface? Do you, do you reckon you've that's something you're born with, and you just you, they open up at certain parts of your life, or do you think you, they're things you learn? I don't know the answer to this. I'm just curious. Oh, it's a great, you know what? It's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. It's a really, that's a really interesting question. And yeah, I, do you know what? I think I think there probably are deep down in all of us somewhere, but it's about I think it's about unlocking them. And I think. Yeah. You know things like your 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 parents, your your role models in your life as a youngster. I think they play a, a really critical role. You know, and, and and I do. I had I have two lovely parents. My 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 mum and dad. Um, my father was a soldier. Um, he, he was a Royal Marine. My my mother worked very hard working lady all her life, and a and a wonderful woman. And they have great values. And when I look at the values that I carry today as a person, they're exactly the same as their values. You know my. My parents do so much for other people, and now I understand why. Because actually, I think I think it, you get so much more fulfillment from what you do yeah. for other people. And, and it took me a long time to learn that. I think I was probably quite selfish as a youngster. I, I was more worried about what what I was going to get. As but these days, I focus on what I can give to the world. And yeah. and I think when you flip it on its head and you change that mantra, you you live a, a lot more fulfilling, rewarding, more peaceful life. And and I, I'm not I'm not religious and I'm I'm not spiritual or anything like that. But but the more I've helped people, the more the world has helped me without me asking in in a weird wacky way. I think. No, I, I agree. I was a I was the same. I was living a bloody rock star life before I started doing this, and I was <laughs> I thought I was you know the bloody kingpin of the world. No, it's all about <laughs> me. But um, you know, once you start helping people, it's like wow, this is a much better way to live. Like this is a yeah, a, it, it is. 
Yeah, and Maybe. and you're right. The rewards just the rewards come without you even asking for them. But do you reckon? You, why did you go to the army at sixteen? Was that because your dad was in the army and he said, "Right, oh boy, you, you're going to learn some lessons." Or, or no, no. Do you know what he was? He, he was even though he was a you know he was in the military. He, he, he was never someone who pushed me. He, he, I think my dad was someone who 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 saw that whatever I did, I needed to be happy and fulfilled. Probably he noticed that at an early age. And, you know, I can remember even when I was in military training, I was thinking about giving it up. And, you know, he wasn't like, no, you've got to stay and, and see this through. He, he just gave me a normal, you know, let's think about this and let's think about, you, you know, you're going through these hardships now. But when you come out the other side, you know, it's, it's it's not all going to be you know getting shouted at five o'clock in the morning and and, and running around <laughs> cold and wet or you know which isn't which isn't the army uh, uh, you know that's what we we perceive it to be and what it is when you're in training and and when you're on exercise but actually the army is is very much quite a normal life when you're in it except for of course when you go to war and conflict but when you're in the barracks in the UK it's it's actually a very easy job there I say you know some people might might not agree with me but you know you play lots of sport and and you, you know you get your three meals a day and. Uh, and you finish at four or five o'clock, you know, and, and in civilian life, what I've learned in the last 10 years is people are still working ridiculous hours, uh, doing ridiculous things, grafting and working properly, what I call proper work. <laughs> um, so when, when soldiers are in camp in the, in the barracks, they're not doing proper work, I can promise you. They're, they're doing everything to try and get out of doing proper work. I've probably upset half of the world's military saying that, but... <laughs> But, but but to be honest, um, you know, they they they, you know, soldiers are incredible. They put their lives on the line for, for their nation on a on a daily basis when they go on operations. And, and you can't put a price on that uh, for no. sure. But yeah, it's um, yeah, it's what, 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 sorry, I've, I've, I've sidetracked now. What was what was my question? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't remember. I think I was it was just funny. Thinking- did your dad? I was more worried about I was worried about upsetting half of the British military. Then I was I was thinking, <laughs> where are we going with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you did leave the army, so you you stayed for ten years. But what? Why did you end up leaving? Was that was that to do extreme adventure? Or, oh, yes. Or... Sorry, you asked me why I why I went to the army. It wasn't my, it wasn't my, yeah. So yeah. so why did I why did I start and why did I leave? I, I you know to be honest and completely honest and transparent it was because I left school with no qualifications because again yeah. I I just didn't apply myself I thought in my head I'm gonna play sport I'm gonna you know yeah. like a lot of kids I'm gonna be a footballer or something I, I don't need to work for a living and mm-hmm. um and then I realized at 16 when I wasn't you know playing professional football and, and I wasn't getting paid tens of thousands of pounds a week that I'm probably gonna have to get a job now and <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't have any qualifications, of course, it becomes very difficult to get a job. Yeah. And not and not only that, you you then have to, because you have no qualifications, you can't go to college or university like a lot of, of people and students do these days or those days. And so so I to be honest, it was process of elimination. What what are you gonna do? You you can't get a job, you've got no qualifications, you can't go to college, university, because you haven't got you're not eligible. So the military was like the default option. Well, let's go to the army. And then what I learned actually within my first hour of walking into that army recruitment office was that even when you want to join the army, if you want to choose what job you do, you need some qualifications. So yeah. for me. The option was you can you can go and be a frontline soldier in a tank or on foot. And I I looked at the poster on the wall and it was it was a, a big sexy tank. And I thought that's what I want to go and do. I'm going to be a tank driver. <laughs> <laughs> so that, and, and that was it for ten years. I, I spent my life in a tank regiment, uh, learning my trade as a as a as a frontline combat soldier, which which was amazing. You know, it, it took it took me around the world. 
Um, of course, many highlights and many lowlights as well. You know, when you go on operations, uh, you know, you go to war and conflict zones. Tragically, you lose people, you lose friends, colleagues, heroes, in fact. And 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 that's obviously one of prob probably the lowlights of not only being in the army, but of life. You know, when you 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 see firsthand good good honest you know men and women lose their lives that's that's tragic and i think you 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 live with that forever and but you know if there is ever a positive to come out from losing close friends on operations i think for me you know if i could i, I always try to find the positives and for me the positive is that i since you know those days i've really had a sense of gratitude for every day in my life you know knowing that you know i try to use what happened on operations every day when I'm whether I'm on adventures whether I'm going through a tough time in maybe my relationship or or with my daughter or whatever it might be I always use the fuel that you know I always think sort of what my friends would do to have one more day here or one more breath yeah. or one more cup of tea with their family and I think I'm, I'm very lucky and privileged to be alive so you know don't sweat the small things don't stress over a lot of things that would have normally stressed me out many years ago because i just think you know we, tomorrow is never guaranteed and when you've yeah. looked sort of when you've been a soldier and you've looked death in the face firsthand and seen what it can do and i i, I think you have a real sense of gratitude for life and and also i think that's probably why i go back to a lot of dangerous places on my adventures and on my charity sort of work and 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 try to help those that that have experienced that, that I saw and met that have experienced hardship because the life that I you know I'm not I I'm not I'm not super rich or wealthy but but my life is very privileged compared to a lot of people in the world just based on the fact that I'm I you know I don't struggle to, to to find food and I have somewhere to sleep that's warm and and safe every night and 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 when you've seen that actually a large proportion of of the world and young people out there don't don't have that and they don't even have families to look after them and and, and that when you when you've seen that firsthand I think you you can't help be be compelled to do something about it and 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 sometimes you know I, I recently just returned from the Horn of Africa and I took a group of twelve people there. And we'd, we'd spent, I'd spent working, uh, as, well, working, volunteering with the charity for about five years, building a school on the Horn of Africa. Yeah. And I'd always come back and we use social media to, to sort of show people this journey of this school that we've been building for for these children. And people was like, oh, br that's brilliant. That's great. Uh, you know, and, and but they, what, what I found was they never felt the emotion that I felt from going there. So I, de I decided I wanted to take 12 volunteers to go there and actually now all those 12 volunteers it's amazing because i've been going there for five six seven years and i i felt this every time i went there and nobody else has felt it they've just said oh that's amazing that's great but actually taking these 12 volunteers and watching the impact of them volunteering at this school that we built and seeing their interaction with the children when they've been volunteering to teach lessons or or help give them some vital aid or clothes or toothpaste toothbrushes now all these people are saying to me jordan you know when can we go again that was amazing i want to do more and i and i knew for many years that if you if you go there and you see it and you, and you, at first hand you will do something if you're it, the, the human inside you can't help you but want to do something good for for people less fortunate and it was amazing for me to see these 12 volunteers that just came back from Africa with me to see how now motivated they are to go back and do more mm. and, and because for years I just couldn't I, I tried my best to explain to people what I was seeing and experience but no one 
no one really, really got it. Of course, they they thought it was great and inspiring, but they didn't feel what I felt. And mm. and and now to, to 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 see them go there and to watch them interact with the children and come back and go, now I get it. Was just amazing. You know, really, really moving for me. I love it. And you've raised, um, I think it was over over a million pounds for charity and and built that school and done a stack more other things. And a lot of it you do through your adventures. You you know, like you'd. You, I don't know. You can explain it better than me, but you, you know, like you've circumnavigated. Um, you are uh, what am I saying? Britain, you know, and and all around the bottom of um Africa and that, just to raise money. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you get something out of it too, the sense of achievement. But you know, did you when you started Extreme Adventures? Did you think? Did you just want to do it for you, just to feel great? I'm doing this, or did you think? Like at what point doing it did you think I can raise money out of this? I can start to help other people with this. Yeah, yeah. To, to be honest, I I started, I guess probably six, probably seven, eight years ago now. I, I for me, I wanted to spend more time outdoors. I had a bit of a, I, I guess, like a lot of us, you go through a bad patch to find, you know, you, you got to go in the troughs to be able to come out and, and climb the mountain, so to speak. And. Yep. I, I had I had a breakdown with in my relationship with the uh, with the mother of my daughter. I was in a relationship for over ten years with the mother of my daughter, and because of me working away all the time, you know, I I I, I think, you know, I, I I'm a loyal guy. I'm 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 honest. You know, I'm not someone who hurt hurt anybody or cheat on anybody or anything like that. But I I I had all my priorities wrong. I, I was I was getting sucked into this corporate world. You know, I was working in London in in the city and. I was working in private security and I was I was mixing with a lot of people who ex-military people but we it's it's very easy when you leave the military and you go into especially into private security to get blinded because you get paid a hell of a lot more than you ever did as a soldier mm. and your lifestyle becomes you know a lot more I don't want to say better because I don't feel it is better now when I look back. But at the time, you know, when I was driving, you know, the latest car or the buying the biggest house or the fancy watch or whatever it was, I was getting sucked into this this life of materialism where I wanted bigger and better things. And that became quite, if, if, if I'm honest, quite obsessive. I, I wanted to. It, it, it was like you it was like I perceived success on on status and not. On, yeah. on on how I felt and yeah. I think that I, I think that's quite common in in the world you know people measure not everybody but a lot of people measure success by 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 those materialistic things um and and actually what I learned was that actually with those things and chasing those things had a really adverse and negative effect on on my family on my mental health on my physical health and I was trying to you know what dare I say I, I think I was trying to be someone that I, that isn't me I was trying yeah. to live up to I thought the world wanted me to to look like and be, and you know, if people say, "Oh, Jordan, he's he's doing so great, he's successful," and I felt that I had to keep and maintain this facade and lifestyle that that people wanted me to look like I was doing, which which wasn't healthy, it wasn't nice, and I, 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 I it, in fact, it was it was the opposite. It was very toxic. It was a toxic environment, and um, unfortunately, the relationship broke down, which 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 took me to a really dark place with my mental health and. You know, seven, eight years ago, I, if you'd have told me about things like anxiety and depression, I, I thought they were 
I thought they were made up terms that people who didn't want to go to work used. But what I come to learn was, yeah, I, I thought it was like if you were lazy, you say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm anxious or depressed. I, I never. And that's very, you know, at the time to think that is very not only naive, but disrespectful because I've I've experienced that for many years now. And and it's a very serious medical condition. And it's you know, I still, t- I, I'll be honest, I still take medication every day. I, I still take tablets for, uh, for, 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 for depression and anxiety. And not that I'm really, you know, miserable or depressed right now, but what I found was when I tried to come off the tablets, I dip quite significantly. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. And, and yeah, I guess, how did I get into adventure? It was, it was, it was initially going out and spending more time outdoors as part of, of my own sort of therapy to, mm-hmm. to, to engage with the natural world. And I, I just felt that regardless of all the medication and tablets that I was taking, the thing that made me feel good again was being outside. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think when you're as a soldier, when you, when you leave the army, you, or any, any part of the military, you, you lose it. You lose something, and uh, you lose a sense of purpose and pride that that perhaps when you're a soldier you didn't even realize was there. But it, it, it's it, it's like it's like you only realize that it was there when it's gone and it's been taken away from you. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, one one minute you're a soldier with your medals and you're polishing your boots and you look smart. And I remember when you're a soldier, you think when you're a soldier, you think that's a pain in the ass to go and polish your medals every night and polish your boots. Yeah. The moment you leave and that's taken away from you, you know, now I can't wait for remembrance service days where I can polish my medals and polish my boots because I get to I get that little bit of one day to be a bit of a soldier again, uh, you know, and and be very proud and wear my regimental tie and have a shave or whatever it might be. And those are things that you you hate doing when you're in the army. But the moment you leave, you, you can't wait to do those again. It's a very strange experience. And I think, yeah, you lose a lot of sense of, of purpose. And yeah. It took me. It took me many years to find what. Um, after leaving the military, it took me a good seven, eight years, I think, to find what is my purpose in this world again. And actually, I find it was twofold. I've come to learn that one was was going out on these adventures, and and which were great for me on a selfish basis. They were great because one, I got to. I'm essentially going around the world, ticking off my bucket list and trying to convince sponsors <laughs> to pay. I'm trying to. I'm trying to convince sponsors to pay for my holiday. <laughs> <laughs> in the purest form but of course what what we tr- what you try to do with that is i try to to use it for a force of good in the world by mm. you know raising uh, money whether it's for children and education in in, in very challenging uh, countries and environments but also to raise awareness of Im- of important causes that need championing I, I think as an as a as a professional adventurer you you know people think it is just going on going on holidays and i know we we, we joke about it but actually I take my responsibility as an adventurer very seriously in the in the fact that you know young people are looking in at my behavior at what I'm yeah. doing and and I think you have you know what one thing that I I believe especially in this world of social media is that if if you have influence of any sort whether it's on television radio podcast yeah. I think you have to you have a responsibility to use it for a force of something positive yeah. and you know I I it really pains me when I see all these reality TV shows where, and that you get these girls and boys with millions of followers and all they do is use it to try and sell to the latest product or whatever it is the tanning product or the teeth whitener or whatever ridiculous thing it is where for me why not use that follower and and influence to go and inspire young people or to change you know someone's life or help people with a disability or cancer or mental health or whatever it is that's your your Mm. passionate thing use your profile to do something positive in the world um I, i think 
it's almost criminal not to do that. You know, I, I think you, if, if you've got a platform, like, like, exactly like what you're doing with, with get off the bench, you know, you, you, you're trying to, to hopefully speak with engaging, inspiring, positive, supportive, encouraging types of people that, that are trying to do positive things. And, and I think that's really, I really respect that. It's really uh, commendable because it's important. And I think the world needs more of that. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I just think if everybody just did that little bit, you know, it would be an amazing place to live. But anyway, we can't we can't make others do everything. <laughs> we no, no, but inspire. We, we, exactly. That's what we got to try and do. We got to try and inspire people to 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 get off the bench and add some positive <laughs> vibes to the world. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm really interested. Is when you've been, because you've seen a lot of these places where people are really suffering, has there been any place that you've been to where you, that's just broken your heart? Absolutely, you know, absolutely yeah, broken you. Yeah, I, I think many times, you know, you were, I, I, I probably every journey that I go on, it, I, I'm shed a tear for some yeah. reason. I, you know, although I'm a soldier or adventurer, I'm pretty soft inside. Um, <laughs> You know, it, it doesn't take much to, uh, to, to, to for me to turn on the waterworks. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, there's. It, I, I've been to many places in you know post conflict zones, conflict zones where you see see hardship and and extreme suffering, and, and you know you just want to pick people up and put them in your bag and take them home. And yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's 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 it, it is tragic. And and for me, that, that again, I try to use use that as fuel to want to try and do more and and, and to try and help more but yeah. what i've also learned is that 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 as, as as one person as an individual you can't change the world but what you mm -hmm. can absolutely do is you can change the world for a handful of people and, and children or whatever it might be and if you can change the world for a couple of people then you absolutely should you know and yeah. One of the things, what education is really interesting for me, and and the irony of me leaving school with with no qualifications to now being like a, a champion of education, <laughs> the irony isn't lost on me. I know, but but I I I really have seen, especially in conflict zones, the power of education to inspire hope. When you know the amount of children that I meet that. They, they don't want a big house or they don't want even that, you know, they're not looking for the, for anything fancy or flashy. They just want to learn. And it really, you know, to see, to see children and, and, and who, who just want to learn and go to school or, or study because they know that one day that might be their ticket to, 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 you know, to something better is, is, is really, it's really sad, but also really encouraging as well uh, at the same time. And I think, you know, things like for me to be able to go, you know, build a school or provide some funding for some for educational resources. You know, I, all I'm doing is I'm doing something I enjoy by going on an adventure, and I'm, 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 yeah. and and if something and something positive can come from that. And of course, it's not just me; it relies on lots of incredible volunteers. You know, I I'm just the lucky one who gets to go and do the fun bit of adventure, <laughs> but. Actually, it relies on an amazing team of people. Whether they're, you know, managing a social media or a website, or the sponsors that that uh, that, that allow these things to happen. Um, it, the world is full, as you know, of amazing, yeah. selfless people who, who, you know, that they're not celebrities, they're not famous, that they're they're real unsung heroes who do do things for the right reasons. And yeah. I'm very fortunate to to know and work with lots of those people, those volunteers. Um, whether it's in the cadets, whether it's in charities, um, the world is 
full of amazing selfless people yeah. and 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 actually they're the people who inspire me they're the people you know when i when i think you know i do i want to go and do another get involved with another charity and try and help it's those people that i look at and go yeah i do actually even when i'm doubting myself i look at those people you know because sometimes you do think when when, for, when we were trying to build a school the stress that came with raising yeah. you know hundreds of thousands of pounds was you know, when you go in to build a school in a country, and I'm not a builder, I'm not a project manager, so I'm dealing with politicians, I'm dealing with government, I'm dealing with the foreign office, I'm dealing with, you know, corrupt builders and tradesmen who want to add more money onto the build fees than what it costs, and you, you're dealing with all these different issues, and it is it, it becomes like running a business or running or, or having another job, and and you know, and and because sometimes people say to me, oh, Jordan, you know, I want to fundraise for a good cause what shall I do it for? And I say to him, I can't tell you that because mm. you've got to, you've got to feel it. You've got to be passionate about what, what you're fundraising for, you know, and because whatever that, that flame is inside you, that's what's going to get you out of bed every morning. And that's, what's going to keep you going when you hit all these obstacles that will arrive on whatever you're fundraising for. If you, you know, if you're trying to build something in a foreign country, whether it's a well or a school or a hospital, you will have so many hurdles to, overcoming it <laughs> yep. just to give up at the first hurdle but, but but you know you have to it goes back to that discipline again and, and saying you know I'm going to keep going and and you know as long as you're moving forward in life it doesn't matter what the pace is you know I as long as you're moving in the right direction you know and you sur surround yourself with good positive people as well because you know I, as you will know as well as me the world has got a lot of detractors it's got a lot of negative Nellies as we would call them here and yep. and and you, and these people will pull you off track. They they will try to to damage and destroy your dreams and your ambitions and your objectives. They will tell you what you can't do. They'll never tell you what you can do. Yeah. And 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 you, you gotta you gotta focus on the prize. You gotta keep your eyes on on the mission and and you know and and let it go in one ear and out the other because the the world is there is a lot of negativity out there and 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 you know I I try to 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 extract that at all costs to be honest. Mm. But it's not only the other people around us, it's also ourselves. You know, we've got this negative chatter that goes on all the time. So if we're hanging around with negative people, they're just fueling our negative chatter. Do you, you know, Definitely. and it's, it's it, and it's so much easy to easier to be negative, you know, and listen to all that negative crap than it is to to fight through it. And like you say, you say you're in the ditch before you hit the mountain. I always say you got to fight through the blackberries before you hit the beautiful open fields, you know. It's it's yeah, it's true, thing. isn't it? It's true, it's, yeah. It's yeah, really and, and it is. But but I also think as well uh, what what I've learned in my life it's it's in the in the depths of those dark times where, and we've all had them dark times. That's unfortunately part of life. But it's it's in the depths of those dark and horrible times that we we learn what we're truly made of. So. Yeah. I, I think those obstacles and those challenges that we get, whether they're in our personal or professional lives, they are also incredible opportunities for personal growth they are what what make us more resilient they, they they make us wiser and and i know at the time you know you see it in relationships often you know where people get into a relationship and they come out and it's the end of the world and for yeah. three or six yeah. months you, you see for three to six months after a, a serious relationship it's it's a horrible place full of anxiety depression lots of different emotions but then when they come out a year later they look back and the lessons that you take from that period in your life are will 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 put you in great stead for every other relationship that you go into and 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 I think you 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 really have to harness that growth mindset as a as a human and and not always focus on the obstacle because I I, I think 
you know, as I, I talk a lot about this with young people, because it's very easy to to look at the obstacles and, and forget the opportunities. And, and always where there's an obstacle, there's 100 percent always an opportunity. Yeah. And, and sometimes you can be blinded and not see it because you're so focused on the obstacle that you, you know, I, I, I heard a great analogy a few weeks ago and it was. It was talking about um, skiers on a mountain. When it, when a, I'm not a skier, but when the skiers are coming down the mountain, when when they're teaching you to ski, they tell you to focus on on the white path ahead. Because what people do is they look at the trees, thinking I've got to get out of the, <laughs> I've got to miss the trees. But if you're focused on the trees, you you're going to hit them. those trees because that's <laughs> yeah, you know. And the, and the ski instructor was I was listening to. I think it was another podcast or something, and he was saying that. You know, we tell people to focus on the white path because if you focus on the white path and the opportunity to get through, you will get through. But if your first thought is don't hit the trees, you're going to guess what? You're going to hit those trees. Exactly. And, and, and I think, yeah, and I think that's a bit like life in general. If you focus on the negatives and you're focused on the obstacles, yeah. you're going to have a tough ride, I think. You know, so yeah. you, have to, you have to have that that growth mindset. And I, you know, I remember when I was when I was doing my paddle around Britain a few years ago, I I, I got stuck on a beach in Scotland because the wind and the weather and the storms were against me. So I, I remember I was sat on this beach and it was, you know, it was this Scottish weather. It was terrible. It was windy. It was cold. And, and I couldn't make any progress for, I don't know, four or five days or something. And I remember thinking I've been paddling for like five months and I want to go home, see my family, my friends. I, I really wanted to give up at this point And I was mentally drained. And I remember thinking, you know, because because I was because of the weather, I was held for five days. I remember thinking, sat on this beach for five days. I, I I need to go home. I can't do this anymore. And then I spoke to a psychologist friend of mine, and she was saying, "Yeah, but I said, you know, I'm tired. I, I'm injured. I'm missing my family. I want to go home for Christmas." And she said, "Yeah, but Jordan, just think right. You you've been paddling for five months, and now you've got a, the first ever proper break for about a week or whatever it was." You can you can like go and relax. You can let your body recover. You can go down the road, get a decent meal. You can have a decent night's sleep. And there was all these positive things that she was telling me, and none of them had even entered my mind because I was just focused on the weather, the the the, the injury, yeah. the you know the hardship of what I'd gone through. But actually, over here in the other side of my my brain was all these things that I'd not even considered that were all positive, positive, really great things, and. Mm-hmm. And the, the, it, it's it's having that ability. And I think in the psychology world, they call it reframing. It's yeah. reframing a yeah, reframing a negative thought into not necessarily a positive one, but but at least a neutral one, a one that's mm. not going to have an adverse effect on you. And 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 again, it just goes back to taking, you know, taking your cap off and, and seeing things from a different perspective. Um and, and actually the situation hadn't changed, but because my mindset towards the situation yeah. had changed. I actually felt so revitalized and refreshed that I went away, you know, got a shower for the first time in, in weeks and had a nice sleep and a good meal. And then actually I was ready to to go again a few days later and tackle the world and, and, and carry on paddling for another month or two. And and it was just by that simple adjustment in my brain of of, mm. of reframing the, the, the situation, you know, and, and, it, and it can be so helpful. And I think for me, if I can get young people to understand that at an early age, I, I just think life will be so much more fun and and, and fulfilling for, for them if they can, you know, yeah. approach every situation with a growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Speaking of paddling um, around Britain, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. I'm just going to say I don't know why the hell you did it. But anyway, and I'm not being negative. I'm just like, ah, it does my head in. I, I did it. I, I don't even know why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you, you got a good book out of it. Anyway, so you got four books, The Power of the Paddle, Citadel, Running Firm, My Life, and Around the World. But the first one, The Power of the Paddle, is about that it is about that journey, isn't it? Around yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's essentially yeah, the power of the paddle, which for me is you know, it, it's it's the latest book. It's 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 without being biased or anything, it's my favorite book because it, it has a lot of it has a lot of meaning because we, we went on the paddle to 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 raise the final hundred thousand plus to to build the school uh on the horn of Africa and we really needed to raise the money and and actually the paddle came about because covid came i was actually doing another challenge which was running cold marathons around the world but because covid came along it, it, everyone couldn't fly anymore overseas so you know like like the rest of the world i was sat at home getting quite depressed and miserable and i said what can i do that doesn't involve flying but also allows me to be socially distanced from everyone so yeah. i thought well i know let's go and try and paddle around Great Britain because no one's done that before. It's never been done. And and actually, it'd be a very easy way in this COVID environment to engage through social media, the, the British public and the, or, or the world public, if you like, because they need some entertainment of some sort. And, and you know, and, and, it, and it was great. So uh, we we went and, and I paddled for 149 days and 2,377 kilometres of, of the British coastline. Um, and, and unfortunately, it came to an end with COVID once again in Scotland on Christmas Eve, Eve in 2020, 2020. Um, but we raised the money we needed to. We built the school. So actually, again, I, I just feel very privileged because people always say, oh, it must have been one of the hardest things that you ever did. But for me, I just focus on we built a school and I got to have an adventure while most of the world was in lockdown. So I am very privileged and lucky and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. So I have nothing negative to take from, from, from that experience. Uh, you know, even though we didn't get to complete the whole circumnavigation because COVID stopped us after five months uh, and a good friend of mine, actually uh, Brendan Prince, he, he just, he just paddled around great Britain and beat my, my world record. And which is amazing because he did it for a, a great cause. He's a great bloke. And I helped him where I could with advice and tips. And it was amazing, you know, and people say, Oh, you must, you must be gutted that this guy did it. And I couldn't be any more not gutted yeah, because he was yeah. such a lovely man. And he, he did it with the best of purpose for, he was raising awareness for, for water safety and and um and and saving lives at sea because you know his his backstory again it was he 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 was a teacher and a water, a water sports sort of fanatic and he um he he unfortunately found a situation where he tried to rescue some people from the water in his in his hometown in 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 the in England and and they they he couldn't save them he tried to resuscitate oh. them and and they lost their lives in his his arms so to speak and and he has had his purpose was to go and raise awareness of water safety, which is amazing. You know what a yeah. what an amazing purpose with an incredibly powerful backstory. So I, I absolutely salute him, respect him, and mm. and there were, again no negative. There's no need to be anything negative. He's inspiring. You know, but people always say, oh, you you must have been devastated when he went and did it after you. That was yeah. absolutely not. I couldn't have been prouder of the guy. Yeah, <laughs> but that isn't that how we should be. We should be. We should be lifting people up. We should be celebrating other people's successes, you know, and not being jealous and not tearing people down. Yeah. We should be because so many people, you know, unfortunately, when you when you move up the ladder and you try to do great things, there is also a small cohort of the world that will try to pull you down the, the higher you go up that ladder. And you will have seen it on the news. I don't want to, I, I don't really get into to politics and 
and and any other topic controversial issues but I, you may have seen this new you know in the uk this prince harry and Meghan saga what is unfolding yeah. and again you know regardless of what we think of it the the, the world is being so nasty towards to yeah. individuals who are just trying to live their life on their terms and yeah. You know, regardless of what we think of how how they've exited the royal family or whatever else, they're still two humans that yep. that, that have thoughts, have feelings. Um, so, yeah. you know, when I see the media and the British public or well, certain individuals around the world, you know, taking really nasty pot shots, at them, I just think these are humans who, who like yeah. us, they will go to bed thinking about these these horrible words. And and I, I just don't get it. Me, I, you know, as you say, you you lift other people. Um, and, and be positive and, and, and the world's a nicer place for everyone. I agree. I've been watching some of that and I just, it, it disgusts me how people can be so bloody cruel and you and you don't even know them. You just, you're, you're pitching yeah, your yeah. values against people that you don't even know. So I, I agree. Anyway, let's not give them airtime because they bloody assholes, <laughs> yeah. those people. Yeah. But you, <laughs> but you um, when you went, when you did the paddle, I, I I just want to read this. <laughs> I love this that you were you you faced angry fishermen, busy shipping lanes, military firing ranges, crazy teenagers on jet skis, psychotic jellyfish, <laughs> and and COVID. <laughs> I'm not. I'm laughing because it's kind of almost unreal. But I, I don't think it'd be fun. What well, tell us about? I don't know. What's the worst? The psychotic jellyfish. That would have been the worst. Oh yeah, they were like you know. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel a bit. No, but you know, speaking speaking to someone down under, you know, in 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 in, in your part of the world, <laughs> I, I feel I feel quite embarrassed to be talking about jellyfish being one of the half creatures of the sea when you when you're dealing with like great white sharks and uh, <laughs> and, other, uh, and other majestic creatures of the ocean. I I feel like you know, I'd be quite ashamed to say about a nasty jellyfish now. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, but but let me tell you, these jellyfish were like the SAS of the jellyfish. <laughs> these were serious. These were serious soldiers of jellyfish. These these were like a battalion of them. And uh, <laughs> they, you know, do you know what? Do you know the jellyfish? The only, it, it was quite quite interesting because people would say, "Well, how how do you get stung by jellyfish when you're when you're on a paddleboard?" And and actually, most of the time, I was stung by jellyfish. It was actually when I was you know trying to have a break and had my legs hanging in the water, just having my lunch or or having a, a you know a, a, a drink of water. Um, but yeah, it was. For me, I think the, the probably the most serious injury was I got. There was a jet skier who had been drinking all day on the south coast of England in the summer, and he—I I don't know—you've probably seen it over there where you are, but they—they're—they're they're, they're, they're like the rebels of the ocean jet skiers yeah. over here, you know. And that they—they were trying to flip, you know, paddleboard a surf as anyone doing water sports. They—they they, they come up alongside you and try to flip you off your board, uh, and this guy ended up flipping me off, but I ended up hitting a. a a sort of a, a big piece of steel in the ocean, a groin, what we call a, a sea groin of wood, sorry, a piece of wood it was actually. And it, anyway, it cut me. And the problem, it wasn't actually that painful at first, but because I didn't treat it, yeah. I got infected and I was then in hospital every few days going back for checkups. And, um, but you know, it wasn't, I, it, it wasn't that tragic as it sounds. I think fishermen, yeah, fishermen, what did I learn? Fishermen don't like paddlers um, when they're trying to do that. <laughs> When they're trying to do their fish, I, re I remember one time I was paddling. I, I remember I, it was, again, it was probably in about August 2020. So it was a nice day. And, and I remember looking along this straight coastline and I, I turned around this sort of corner on, on the uh, this headland and I looked down this coastline and there must have been three, four hundred fishermen all stood with their rods. 
and <laughs> and I just looked at them and I thought they're not going to let me past it. And 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 I was like, what can I do? And I, I remember none of them even flinched. They did. They were. I, I was like a real pain in their ass to come along, and they they just didn't like paddlers. And I had to get down and lie on my board like in a pencil position and just use my arms to paddle under their lines. And they were. They <laughs> oh were, no! Yeah, they. Yeah, they, and 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 every 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 one of those three four hundred shouted some form of abuse, you know. And they were <laughs> a lot of them were sort of Eastern European. I think there was like a Polish fishing competition or something, and they all give me. Some abuse in their native language, you know. It definitely wasn't a polite <laughs> what they were saying. Um, so that that was fun, but I, it was just like any adventure, you know. You have ups and downs, highs, lows. But like any other adventure in the world, I think that the real highlights for me were the people I met along the way. Because yeah. I, I would arrive on my paddleboard on, you know, in a, in a village on on a beach that I'd never heard of in my life, somewhere on the UK coastline. I, I would arrive as a complete stranger with my paddleboard and. And then I would I would have people give me a bed for the night. They would give me a meal, a hot drink, um, give me you know a ride for a shower or something. And I, I just met the most wonderful people. I, you know, I I think I don't know, but there's something around the world. People who live on the coastline seem to have an a, a, a spirit uh, that that is just like they have this sense of of hospitality and warmth that that you don't really get in major cities. I don't see it in London, in Manchester, Birmingham. Yeah. You know, when, when they're in the cities, people are just like 100 mile an hour busy in these busy worlds. But on the coastline, everyone's a chilled out dude who just wants to, you know, enjoy life, it seems. It's, it's a bit weird. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll challenge you on that, um, except for the pirates that you wrote about that, that you uh, <laughs> had to tackle. They're not chilled out dudes. So in your No, second- they weren't. They weren't. In your book, side yeah, so that, yeah, this was in another chapter in my life, actually. So when I when I left the military um, in sort of 2010, I, for the next sort of five years or so, I went I went out to work in private security, um, and I went out to you know the the, the east and west coasts of Africa, providing armed security. Um, so yeah, you know when you talk about pirates, people think you're on another planet, but yeah, yeah. pirates are real. Uh, the yeah. people pirates are real. It was. It, in 2009, 10, 11, it was big business, especially for Somali pirates on the east coast of Africa. And, you know, they were, they were, uh, I, I guess, a menace to, to, to society. And people don't realize that, that, that seafarers and these amazing people who bring us our goods on ships every day around the world, they, 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 they literally make the world go round. They're like doing this thankless task of bringing us, you know, whether it's our technology, our food, our drink, our, our, our phones, our TVs, whatever it is, our, our house furniture, this all comes across the ocean on a ship. And these these amazing seafarers do the most incredible job. And yeah, randomly, I, I ended up like a lot of other ex-British military for for, for this period of, of 2009, 10, 11, 12, and, and still today in some parts. But for me, it was those, those years where I, I was protecting ships from pirates um, and pirates are very real characters. They're not people who have an eye patch and a parrot on their shoulder and a wooden leg. They are people who 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 are very determined, armed criminals. Let's say. Um, so yeah, I had I had an interesting period of my life, which I wrote about, where we had a few interactions and a few close shaves, we could say, with the pirates. Um, but it, but again, it was when I look back, it was an amazing period of my life, which allowed me to grow as a, I guess, as a person. You know, I was put in some challenging situations, which I had to deal with and manage. And 
I got to see a lot of the world. And even though I was in some challenging situations, you know, I, while I was waiting for ships to come along, I, I spent half my life in places like the Seychelles, Mauritius, Dubai. It, it, it was a lot more glamorous than, than 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 a lot of people thought that that period of, of my life, perhaps. <laughs> if you made it, if you survived the bloody pirate. If you survived, yeah, of course, yeah, if you survived, yeah. But you got paid very well for it as well, you know. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it, it was that period of my life where I was getting sucked into just one more job because we're going to earn, you know, X amount of dollars at the time or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, the pirates are everywhere. I, I've been telling, I've told people about pirates. And since 2016, I went to the Philippines and I learned about all the pirates in the, in the yeah, South yeah. of the Philippines. And, and I've been telling people about it since, and they're like, there's no such thing as pirates. And I'm like, there is, they're really. Oh, they're out there. there. They're out there. They'll get you if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't want to see him. And you've also got Running for My Life is another is another book, and um, which you're running across um, very very dangerous countries trying to raise money. And see, I you can't just run across England. Like, <laughs> no, nah, that's boring, isn't it? You're running through England. Why do you want to run through England when you can run through <laughs> Afghanistan or somewhere? You know. <laughs> no, do you know? Do you know what? Yeah, uh, we joke about it, but actually. I, you know, the running for my life, uh, running dangerously project was was amazing because, actually, you know, I I do I run when I go running I run in weird wacky places like you know I just came back last year from Antarctica um, you know whether yeah. I, I run in places I don't run because I'm a great runner and because I'm fast I run for the adventure and run to to try and obviously make a difference to other people's lives and and so on but running through Afghanistan. Uh, Iraq and running uh, in in Somalia, Somaliland, they were, I saw more acts of kindness and love in those countries than I've probably ever seen in the UK. You know, uh, yeah, I, people, people, if you switch on the news, again, the news will tell you these are full of countries, full of terrorism and crime and bad people doing nasty things. I can promise you from my experience in those countries, I've seen more acts of kind, humanity, love, support, encouragement, than I've ever seen you know it when I went in these countries most of the time I was there I didn't pay for anything people fed me they give me a bed for the night you wouldn't even get that in the UK you know people complete strangers you know helping you in the in the way that the local people and also a lot of these countries especially Afghanistan they're up there for me with the most beautiful countries in the world but of course we only see the the snapshot of war that happens that's that's you know the doom and gloom but uh, amazing countries with amazing people and what what, I, what I've learned in the world is actually 90, 95% maybe even more 99% of the world is full of good yeah. humble people who and there's only 1% of the world that, that are nasty that want to cause harm you know that want to be trolling or destroying other people's lives but most of the world are good people uh, that, that will help and that was very prevalent in, in Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia. So although, of course, they're dangerous places if we don't manage the risks, you know, I'm not I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I, I, I always manage the risk. And if it's too dangerous, you know, I certainly wouldn't be going there. But, you know, we with local networks and fixers in place and doing risk assessments, monitoring the networks, we we, we always make, a, make sure that we're managing risks. You know, I'm a former soldier, so I'm used to dealing with risk and, and, and working in, in, in harsh conditions. But uh, they were great adventures for me. You know, I have no regrets and amazing countries as well. I have a huge amount of respect for the local people in all all of those countries. Yeah. 
That's good. And then you've got your last book, which is Around the World, which you did with your daughter, Evie Grace, and it's a colouring in book for um, for all the countries in the world. And, and not only that, I was reading about it the other day. It's got little little spots where you, what did you learn about this country and what language do they speak and what's their flag and all of that sort of stuff. And and I did read a um, a testimonial, and I just loved it. Where a woman said it was it was it saved everything during COVID. You know that she used it for her kids, <laughs> and 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 she you know just kept them engaged for the whole time of COVID. And, and and she learned so much as well. So what a beautiful what a few beautiful book. Oh, it was amazing. You know, I've I've always been fascinated by flags, and my my. My my daughter, she want. We had a New Year's resolution a few years ago where she wanted to learn all the capital cities of the world. And I don't know if she can still do it now, but a few years ago she could re- she could recite all the capitals of wow. the world, which I certainly yeah, I certainly couldn't do that and can't <laughs> do it. And it yeah. it's, it's a great party trick as well because you know you can sit there around the the table at Christmas and say right, you know, what's the capital of Bahamas or you know Kenya? Yeah. And she just as, as a 11, 12 year old, she could just bang it out like that, and it was it was a great it was a, it was a great little part. I don't I'm not sure she'd still be able to do it now because she hasn't stayed current and, and recited them, but she she was really really brilliant at it, and wow. we just wanted to yeah do something to help the the, the national health service and and raise awareness of the great work they were doing, raise a, a little bit of money for charity. So do you know it, it kept us busy because we were designing the, the you know the, the the booklet throughout lockdown, and then we published it and. It was a great little, you know, sort of daddy daughter project. And yeah. I learned, you know, for me, it was amazing as well, learning about the flags and the countries of the world, because, again, there's some fascinating flags and 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 yeah. because the history of why a flag is a flag and the history, you know, there's certain flags in the world that that have weapons on them, you know, and I wanted to know why, what, why, why a country decided to put, you know, an AK-47 on a flag, you know, what, what does that say to the rest of the world? And just all these little sort of weird, wonderful things that I, that, that I found out in, in this, in this sort of around the world booklet that we made, but it, great fun for a great cause. And, and it was equally as fulfilling and rewarding for us doing it. I love it. And it's so good for her too, because it's just teaching her at a really young age that if we, we can make a difference, you know, and, and you can make a difference yeah, at any age too. And I think that's what we miss often is a lot of kids want to do things and we dismiss them. You know, we're kind of like, yeah, when you grow up, you you do that when you grow up. But you're obviously one of those parents, which I love, who says to, the kid says, I want to do something. You say, let's do it. Let's do that. Yeah, no, I, I try to be. I'm, I'm certainly, I, I'm, I'm absolutely not the, the perfect dad or anything like that, you know, um, uh, but I, I try to do my best and I think that's all you can do in life. You know, I don't always get it right um, and I'm still learning about, you know, 13 years on of being a father, I'm still learning and obviously because I'm not with a mother, we have our, our challenges sometimes, but you can only do your best and and and, yeah. and everyone you know you for me my daughter's my greatest achievement in, in 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 life you know I don't know how I managed to produce such a wonderful little human because <laughs> she's very different than me when I was her age <laughs> <laughs> well she's only seeing the good of you <laughs> oh, yeah she is if she knew yeah. me if she knew me 30 years ago she, she'd have a different outlook I'm sure <laughs> I, I think a lot of us can say that <laughs> So, and lastly, your um, the TV show Hunted. Tell us about that because now you've got me intrigued. You're going to have some of my listeners intrigued. They're going to start want to find it in Australia. So, what, what, how does it work? When I first yeah, so- read it, when I first read it, I thought you were a hunter, like going around shooting animals. I'm like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. No, so Hunted. Yeah. 
Hunted, yeah. So we're on like series seven or eight in the UK. We've been doing this for, for seven or eight years. But yeah, it, it came out in Australia and I'd really like what, what I don't know. I'm not familiar with the networks in Australia, but whatever channel it, it's on, I'm told it was like the best rated of, of, of you know, whatever it was on that, that that time of year. And and I know that they're going to film another one. Um, but essentially, the concept is and it's the same concept and format in Australia is you, we, we take a team of X. Uh, military, ex-police, ex-law enforcement, uh, intelligence professionals. Uh, some are still serving, some are ex. And we basically get like a group of fugitives, not real ones, you know, people who've applied to go on this game show. They're not they're not criminals or anything like yeah, that or yeah. killers or anything. These are people who are, have come on the show as contestants. And we send them across the whole UK. We, we, we literally drop them somewhere where they don't know where they are. And they say, right, you know, you've got a month 25 days and you've got to survive on your own on the run you can go anywhere you want you can speak to anyone you want and all the all our us as the hunters our job is to catch them and we're using like cctv where we're, we're interrogating their family members where we're, we're checking that we're hacking their social media accounts uh we're basically trying to to, to as it says hunt them down and if they get to the end in the uk they win a hundred thousand pounds and probably wow. something similar in australia yeah. um i don't know maybe more i'm not sure but uh, so, so they're all competing against each other so if, if two people get to the end they get fifty thousand each if one person does they get to a hundred and our job as the hunters is is to get out there using all the intelligence available all the public sightings you know we put wanted posters on the internet and, and we're trying to encourage the public to help us and it, it, it's like a, a a giant real life game of hide and seek or cat and mouse you know around around the nation and 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 we use helicopters we use you know fast rib boats we we use all the latest technology for tracking uh, so it's yeah it's 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 real fun it's exciting there's a lot of adrenaline um people do silly things as you can expect they try and disguise themselves they try and go underground undercover um and and normally we catch them by a little mistakes that they make you know uh, they leave little breadcrumbs everywhere using their bank cards we trace the bank statements to see you know yeah. where they took out that cash where was the cctv on that bank machine it's the most certainly in the uk and i'm sure in australia it's the one of the two of the most surveillance countries in the world so it's very difficult to go missing when you have so many resources allocated to finding you yeah. um and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to outwit all these ex-military police intelligence professionals and and if they do it they get a nice cash prize and if they don't uh they have to go back to their their, their lives um with with a lot of embarrassment and shame <laughs> <laughs> I love that you say there's um so much surveillance. I keep saying to people, people are watching you and they're like, nah. And I'm like, if you've got an iPhone, you're being watched. So don't plan it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Don't... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> don't think you're yeah, not. Yeah, check it out in Australia on one of your on your networks. Um, I but I'm sure you you love it. It's a it's a great format. It's it's not your your typical reality show because what I like about it is is the people involved are all professionals who have yeah. done the job for, a, for in in the real world you know that they're, they're not people who are you know trying to seek a bit of fame from a reality show they're people who are who, are, who have harnessed skills over 30 40 year careers and are using them to show show the world you know what 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 our security services can do and things like that so it's it's brilliant wow, that's a, that's amazing yeah i'm going to try and look it up i really am i, I absolutely love this conversation with you um what's next what's what's your next challenge 
Yeah, so the North Pole in April next year. I'm off to the North Pole to run a marathon on top of the world. Um, that that'll be probably the next adventure uh, in in sort of April time. Uh, so yeah, I need I need to. I'm I'm gonna. Well, we got Christmas now for the next two, week or two. So I'm gonna uh, eat lots of Christmas puddings and and <laughs> and get really fat. And then for the next three months in January, I'm gonna try and lose all that weight and uh, <laughs> and, and and lose those extra pounds from drinking too much beer and, and and eating Christmas dinners over the next few weeks. So I'm 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 not I'm I'm doing it in stereotypical cliched fashion. I'm gonna you know feast out for the next two weeks and then on the first of January like the rest of the world I'm going to get fit again <laughs> no no not like the rest of the rest of the world is going to say they're going to <laughs> yeah true yeah true yeah there are yeah. very few of us stick to it <laughs> I, I read recently actually I think it's the the 12th of January is the average length before the new year's resolution runs out for most of the world you get like 12 days and then you go oh I'll sod this I'm gonna I'm going back to the pub or whatever <laughs> you know <laughs> so we, we all start grand ideas don't we we're gonna wow. people are gonna give up beer and smoking and they're gonna run five kilometers a day and all these weird and wacky things and then by you know not even mid-january they're all out the window <laughs> so maybe that's why they did the um whoever made it up the 12 days of christmas knowing that we couldn't last any longer <laughs> yeah maybe 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 you're right <laughs> <laughs> i love it oh jordan i've absolutely loved this i i just think that you you know, you, you, you're going to say, oh, Karen, you're being too kind. I don't deserve it and blah, 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 blah. But I think you're doing a, a bloody fantastic job. It, but I don't know, you know, it's a fun job. It's a fantastic job running running around the world. But you're just doing so many good things. And um, you don't have to do that. Like you could say, you know, I was a soldier and now I'm just going to go and do extreme sports to make myself happy. But you're not. You're giving, you know, you're doing it to to make the world a better place. And and I don't care what you say. That, you know, I'm the boss. This is my podcast. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, you. You are super kind. And it's, it's, it's been great fun actually chatting to you. You know, you know, sometimes you do these podcasts and and you ask gas the same questions, but you, you you've got plenty of energy. You've asked me new questions, so it's been a genuine pleasure to to, to speak to you uh, this morning for me, this evening for you, uh, and and it's been great fun. And and you're doing amazing work as well. You know, you, you you're promoting positivity in the world, and what you know that I, I salute you for that. So keep going and and don't give it up. Uh, I won't give it up. Thank you so, so, so much. By the way, everyone says, every single person finishes this interview and says, that was the best, most, that was the most fun I've ever had on a podcast. Everybody yeah, says I agree. Thing. I agree. I agree. You can have that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. Well, thank you so much. I oh, know, before I forget, because I've been forgetting this lately, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, my website is is jordanwiley.org, um, or I'm I, I'm using. I, I took a year off social media actually, but I came back on in October. Um, I, and you can find me on Instagram is at Mr Jordan Wiley, or on LinkedIn I use as well. Um, I, I I've, I've gone away from sort of Twitter and Facebook. I find them find them quite toxic environments sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Instagram if you want to see what adventures I'm up to, or, or LinkedIn if you if you want to I don't know chat more professionally. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, just connect. I mean, you and I don't oh, chat just connect. Professionally. Yeah. We just <laughs> we just collect connect like humans. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. Gonna... I'm going to put all those um, uh, in links in the show notes anyway so people can awesome. uh, follow you and, and see what you're doing. So, Jordan, thank you so, so, so much, and I really appreciate you giving us the time, really do. No, cheers, Karen. Absolute legend, and I and I, I will stay in touch and, and, and keep the positive energy across the world. Thank you.
Absolutely. Thanks, Eves. <laughs> See ya. See you later. Oh, guys, I don't know about you, but I just think, wow, what a life. And, you know, he's just saying, oh, yeah, but I'm just doing this and I'm just doing that. Well, I think what he's doing is absolutely bloody extraordinary. And, you know, to be to be doing so much and raise, he's raised over a million pounds for charity as well as building that school. And I just think that he's got a heart of gold and, you know, just doing things that um, a lot of us wouldn't do, you know, just, and he, and he's, he says he's doing um, risk assessments. Well, I still think there's risk in what he does, but I just love his heart. I think he's just a most incredible person. I would love for you to go and follow him and, and, or get one of his books because I tell you what, the, the power of the paddle, Citadel, running for my life and around the world. And I, I can't imagine any of them uh, not being full of, you know, suspense and drama. You won't need to watch Netflix for a while if you watch one, read one of these books. So I hope you've enjoyed that. I have absolutely loved it. Um, it is, is evidence that, uh, you know, if you have a positive attitude and you, set your mind on something and stay focused on the prize you know you can achieve amazing things and I I, as he said you know him and I are both working for positive stuff and I, I I just pray that that these episodes make you think you know what I can do this and I'm going to do this and uh, I really 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 hope that they inspire you to just do just do that one extra thing um, to pump a bit more kindness into the world. And, you know, I stand for that. And I just think that uh, if we're all working towards a better world, you know, hopefully um, I'm going to be positive about it. You know, hopefully we'll hit a tipping point where the world is a much better place than it currently is today. So um, hopefully that's inspired you to do that. And uh, please go follow Jordan and I'm going to shush up. Thanks for joining me again this week and I'll catch you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining me. As always, I hope this episode inspired you. If you know somebody who's taken courageous action to create something that's making a difference for other people, let me know about it. Go to my website, kerenvaughan.com, tinker around there, have a bit of a look and send me a message. I can't wait to hear from you. And remember, you're worth it. Your unique talents and gifts need to be out in this world. And I'm so passionate about inspiring you to achieve that. So you've listened to this episode. Just say yes, make the decision and put one foot in front of the other. See you next week.